Welcome back to another special summer episode of Everything is Public Health. I'm one of the hosts, MJ, and in today's mini episode, another piece of current events and MJ's hot takes, this time featuring one of my favorite people in the world, author and creator John Green. No, I don't have John Green on as a guest. I'm just talking about John Green. I wish I could talk to him in real life. Anyway, if you don't know who John Green is, here's a crash course. John Green is an author of many books, including several that were adapted to the silver screen, Paper Town, Looking for Alaska, Turtles All the Way Down, and most famously, The Fault in Our Stars. He is also a content creator and media personality. I especially love his podcast and book called The Anthropocene Reviewed. On top of this, both he and his brother, vertical video sensation, educator, content creator, and science communicator Hank Green, they were one of the OG YouTubers who spearheaded many awesome projects like Crash Course, SciShow, multiple podcasts, VidCon, and many, many other cool things. They are also advocates for many good social causes. They lead charitable events and participate in activism. In general, inspired me in many positive ways. 10 out of 10, great dudes. Uh, One of the issues that author John Green has brought forth into the public consciousness is the disease of injustice, tuberculosis, or TB. In one of his short-form videos a few months back, he correctly pointed out that TB, like many infectious diseases, has a cure. It's a special type of antibiotics. Uh, The details aren't that important for our context, but the important thing is we pretty much know how to treat and cure TB. More than that, we know how to prevent TB. Like We have the tools to now deal with this disease. But tuberculosis still killed 1.6 million people in 2021. It killed more people than car accidents globally that same year. It killed around three times more than HIV slash AIDS in 2021, a disease, mind you, that we have no cure for. It also kills more than malaria and smallpox combined, a disease that I think have a bigger impression on the general public's consciousness. Until COVID, it was the leading cause of death of infectious disease pretty much every year. When looking at all infectious disease throughout all of human history, TB has killed more people than any other infectious disease ever. Despite its lethality and impact, tuberculosis is not something people here think about outside of the context of historical movies or TV shows for a very simple reason. We have treatments and cure for TB, which means in a wealthy or developed country like the US, it is a small blip compared to other causes of death. TB causes less than 1,000 deaths annually in the US. So the global disease burden for TB is disproportionately on the lower and middle income countries. In other words, tuberculosis is a disease of injustice. Its impact and lethality essentially stems from a lack of equitable healthcare access. And it's not like the treatment for TB is some sort of complicated surgical procedure or a chemically sensitive compound that needs to be handled and stored carefully. No, it's like it's just pills. It's antibiotics in pill form that is relatively easy to manufacture, shelf-stable, and definitely has the capacity of being distributed widely. But no, that doesn't happen. Quick side note, we're shifting the focus now to drug-resistant TB, which is the type of TB that people generally refer to when they're talking about TB nowadays. And this has to do with the fact that the drug-resistant TB is the troublemaker, since normal antibiotics just don't cut it. But there is a treatment and cure for drug-resistant TB for now. It is called bedaquilin. Anyway, all of that is just context for the main point of this mini-episode. If you follow John Green on any social media, you probably already know this background information because he loves posting trivia and stories about TB and how tuberculosis really has shaped human history because it's true. But anyway, here's the actual current event story of this episode. On July 11th, John Green posted a video on their YouTube channel and other platforms titled Barely Contained Rage, an open letter to Johnson & Johnson. 
Good morning, Hank. It's Tuesday. So a week from today marks a huge moment of progress for human health as the patent on the drug Bedaquiline expires, allowing less expensive generic versions to be produced that can cure far more people living with multidrug-resistant tuberculosis. Wait, what's that? Oh, well, that's unfortunate. What will actually happen next Tuesday is that the company Johnson & Johnson will begin enforcing a secondary patent, thus denying access to bedaquiline to around 6 million people over the next four years. I encourage everyone to watch the very short video. It's only about eight minutes uh, for themselves. It's very moving and convincing. It gives a much more detailed and nuanced explanation about Johnson & Johnson's decision and its consequences. It is also a call to action to put pressure on Johnson & Johnson to do the right thing. And it worked. The internet did what the internet do best. They put Johnson & Johnson on full blast on pretty much all social media platform. And just after one day, on July 12th, Johnson & Johnson tweeted a statement in response to the public outrage. Uh, just thinking about Twitter irritates me. But anyway, here is the statement from Johnson & Johnson. Quote, it is false to suggest, as some recently have, that our patents are being used to prevent access to bedaquiline, our medicine for multidrug-resistant TB. In fact, we have already entered into a collaboration with Stop TB Partnership Global Drug Facility, the largest procurer of TB medicine, which enables them to invite potentially generic suppliers and purchasers, generic versions of bedaquiline, end quote. This is a classic PR control statement, and also kind of a lie. The first sentence, it is false to suggest that our patents are being used to prevent access to bedaquiline, but that's kind of what you're doing, though, when you're trying to extend and evergreen a patent. Like, there are receipts and clear signs of you trying to do just that, that you're trying to extend the patents. As John Green has correctly pointed out in his full video, uh, which everyone should watch, so, weird statement to make, and expectedly, nobody bought it. A few more days passed, the internet kept doing what it does best, and Johnson & Johnson eventually changed their mind. Kind of. The following is a statement from Stop TB, a organization that is all about, you know, eradicating and stopping TB. Quote, Following lengthy negotiation, Johnson & Johnson has granted Stop TB Partnerships Global Drug Facilities licenses that enable Global Drug Facility to tender, procure, and supply generic version of Bedaquilin for the majority of low- and middle-income countries, including countries where patents remain in effect. Hooray, I guess. Why am I covering the story? It seems like it already has an ending. I brought the story up because the ending to this story sucks. Uh, don't get me wrong, this is a win. It is much better than if Johnson & Johnson did nothing, but it is a very small win. Ready for the hot take? Here's the hot take. This small win is just big enough to distract people from the real issue of Johnson & Johnson, and I will try my best to not make this about capitalism, although it has everything to do with capitalism. First, Johnson & Johnson is still extending the patent. They are not letting the drug go fully generic when the patent runs out. They're still trying to extend the patent. The agreement the organization Stop TV announced is simply that Johnson & Johnson is letting a single organization produce the generic bedaquiline for qualifying countries. This leads to my second point. It's not even every low- and middle-income countries. Some advocates are already pointing out that some of those countries with a decent burden of TB is not on that list of qualifying countries where they can do this. Why are they not on that list? We don't know. Third, 
Johnson & Johnson, if they so desperately wanted to keep the patent, they could have helped in another way, which is simply lowering the price of Bataculin. But they don't want to do that themselves. They would rather allow someone else to do it in a limited capacity than provide the drug for cheap for everyone. In fact, by some estimate, they could drop the price of Bataculin to half or less than half and still make a profit. And lastly, and I think this is the most important point, I'm convinced if it wasn't for John Green mobilizing his fan base with that video and other social media moves, Johnson & Johnson would probably not have acted the way they did. And this is pure speculation, of course, but you cannot deny the impact that John Green has on this issue. In other words, it kind of took a celebrity to make Johnson & Johnson capitulate. Am I being cynical? Probably. A small win is still a win, but do not rest on incremental victories. Johnson & Johnson wants us to believe that they are being generous when in the grand scheme of things, they are not. Another example, that statement that Johnson & Johnson initially tweeted one day after John Green's video, I only read the first paragraph. The rest of the statement is as follows, quote, on April 5th, during the World Health Organization meeting, the global drug facility shared its intent to launch a tender for generic versions of Bedaculin in the third quarter of 2023. In addition, we have shipped more than 660,000 courses of Bedaculin to 159 countries since launch. Our patents made this possible, enabling us to assist countries to scale up their use of medication responsibly and sustainably and invest in multiple critical anti-TB efforts. For instance, in the face of rising drug resistance, we support stewardship efforts that ensures multidrug-resistant TB patients can benefit from our medicine today and in the future. And again, this is my opinion. I think this is very much classic case of corporate PR and misdirection, because essentially the narrative that they're trying to push is that they could have done nothing, but they did something, and therefore that makes them good. Also, let's do the math. 660,000 courses donated since the launch. When was the Bedaculin launch? According to Google, it was launched in 2012, 11 years ago, meaning only 60,000 courses donated every year, and not to one country, to 159 countries, for a disease that kills 1.6 million annually. Is that a lot? I don't know, but those are the numbers. The last part of that statement is, in my opinion, the worst. Quote, unfortunately, the most significant barrier to treatment access for patients today is the fact that millions of patients with TB go underdiagnosed every year. This is a challenge that we have invested significant resources to overcome and must all get behind if we are to achieve the global goal of ending TB. End quote. Johnson. Johnson, okay, listen to me. No, listen to yourself. That last sentence must all get behind if we are to achieve the global goal of ending TB. You make the cure, Johnson. If you actually want to end TB, maybe make the cure affordable for people who actually have the TB. Do you actually want to end TB, Johnson? Does holding on to your patent and charging high prices look like you want to end TB? Look at me, Johnson. And what the f*** is unfortunately the most significant barrier is under diagnosis. What about people already diagnosed, Johnson? Help them. Stop distracting us. And I have other miscellaneous critiques. I don't know how to organize them, so here they are. This is a critique for Big Pharma in general, not just Johnson & Johnson. Evergreening patents, and this is something that John Green talked about in his video. The purpose of the patent is to reward innovation by giving the inventor a period of time to capitalize on the innovation. Fine, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I get what you're trying to do. But if you keep renewing the patent in bad faith, by making strategic incremental changes to keep your patent monopoly power perpetually, that's bad. 
You're keeping drugs unaffordable for the people who actually need it. Big Pharma loves to point out all the research that they do to get a drug to market, but they never mention that all of their research is on the backbone of other research funded by public dollars. The foundational basic science research, it's almost always done by tax dollar in one way or another, for example, at universities and academic centers. In other words, these private entities are capturing all the profits of an innovation funded by public dollars. But the time has come for this drug funded primarily by the public to be returned to the public as a public good. Well said, John Green. Well said. And also, this is a side note, Johnson & Johnson is currently involved in many lawsuits regarding their baby powder products that allegedly causes ovarian cancer, since it may be contaminated with asbestos. And relatively recently, Johnson & Johnson are suing scientists for publishing studies proposing links between talc-based product and cancer. The jury is still out on that one, so I'm not going to comment much. But one of the things that Johnson & Johnson is asking for is to reveal the identity of the patients who are in those studies linking talc-based products to cancer. Not a good look for doing that. This is worth repeating. These pharmaceutical companies love to tell us all the good things they do in hopes that we don't focus on all the bad things they do. And you know what? I'll give them credit. They do, in fact, do good things. Badaquilin exists because Johnson & Johnson makes it. Badaquilin is a game changer in the realm of drug-resistant TB. The world is better with Badaquilin that Johnson & Johnson makes. The problem is, these pharmaceutical companies also do questionable things. What good is an unaffordable drug? Public health is about the health of everyone, not just rich people, not just people with health insurance in developed countries. In the spirit of public health, we advocate for the health of the public, and that means addressing the injustice, which involves addressing reasons why a curable disease such as TB still kills 1.6 million people every year. Anyway, in conclusion, John Green is amazing in rallying people to put pressure on Johnson & Johnson to do the right thing in terms of pedaculin, and it somewhat worked in that Johnson & Johnson agreed to a partial compromise. Don't let this distract you from the real problems of Big Pharma, though. Other things in news, I encourage everyone to follow and support the writers and actors strike in Hollywood right now. It is appalling what these rich studios and execs are doing to the artists that gives us so much entertainment and joy. It is also a very teachable moment of why unions and solidarity are important. An example of something that's truly vile, when the Hollywood execs conversation about how to deal with the writers strike got leaked on deadline. Uh, The internet, the better side of the internet, blew up in rage because this was the quote from a Hollywood exec, allegedly. Quote, the end game is to allow things to drag on until union members start losing their apartment and start losing their houses, end quote. Cartoonishly evil, if you ask me. Another thing, climate crisis is real and is here and has already been here decades ago, but it's becoming harder and harder to ignore, especially with the recent shattering of heat records and just dangerously hot heat waves across uh, pretty much the entire world. And just a reminder that just because you have AC doesn't mean everyone has AC. And just because you have AC doesn't mean that this isn't a problem. Whether this is enough to actually spark some serious action, we can only hope. 
Uh, lastly, over-the-counter abortion pills have been approved by the FDA, which is kind of cool. Uh, it's certainly another small win, and it helps given that this country is now a patchwork of states that recognizes body autonomy and patchwork of states that do not recognize body autonomy. Thank you all for listening to this mini episode. It was recorded on Monday, July 17th, so it may not have captured any new developments since then. Please follow us on Instagram and threads. If you want to hear my more spicy takes, follow us on Mastodon. And we also have a Patreon page that more or less acts like our website. So check that out as well. Tell everyone about public health. It's awesome and underappreciated. If you have any comments or suggestions, email us at everythingispublichealth at gmail.com. And remember, everything is public health.